Welcome to the Happy Hanukkah Studios. I am Steve-O. You can find me on Twitter, at DrunkShySoxFan. Steven. joining me. Thank you for the uh, Hanukkah, whatever. Shout out, absolutely. Uh, it's Kerry, that baseball fan on Twitter. <clears throat> um, we got a good show coming here. I, you know, I got something to admit, and I don't like to do that, um, about a prediction somebody I know made. Um, so, you know, let's get this thing on the, on the, let's get the show rolling here, Steven. Wait, who's that person that made a prediction? By the way, this is the Believe in the Southside podcast. Thank you for yes. joining us yes. uh, for hey. this show. Um, it, you can maybe, if you're live, you can see the name right there. If you're watching on YouTube, you can yeah. see the name right there. I am his biggest stand. Would you like to tell everybody what the prediction was? Yeah. Um, so I texted Steve that the White Sox would sign bet attendee. To a full <laughs> uh, taking uh, credit for my work again no lie. steve did text me uh what i want to say like two or two or three days before the sock signed ben attendee because we were just you know spitballing who they're gonna get and you said uh, my my bold predictions four years 72 million i think you said or said four years 72 or 70 million, 70 yeah. million for ben attendee and uh, and you were like because of Grofall and some other people, and I was like, you know, I, I don't see it because I don't see the Sox spending money. But yeah, big, big fucking surprise they did. Good call, Steve. I, I know I would. I I oversold. I oversold how much Benintendi was going to get. Um, five years, seventy-five, uh, which is a very White Sox type contract. It is. It is a middle of, ever. But it is the largest ever as well, too. So I really can't say it's a White Sox type contract because. Him and Yasmani Grandal are, the, you know, Benintendi and Yasmani Grandal are the biggest free agent signings in franchise history. You know what's funny? Benintendi is going to pay off. He's going to do well, right? Just like Grandal did the first two years. And it's going to be like a weird concept. You spend money on fucking good players and they play well. I mean, it's just, it's weird. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I love that you bring up, or, you know, we both brought up Grandal here because I, I do want to bring him up later. Uh, so I'm making a mental note, actually a physical note to myself. Um, what's that? He did an interview too yesterday. Oh, that's right. I haven't even listened to that yet. Did yeah, you listen yeah. to it? Yeah, I, I listened to some of it. It was it was pretty good. All right. Are you are you a believer in the Ismani Grandal resurgence? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, one thing he talked about was he had it wasn't as much bad knees as it was a bad back last year. Um, so he had a bad back. He had some bulging discs, but he didn't get it fixed. So maybe, maybe you just need to rest a little bit and then, you know, rehab it a little bit. So, um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, I'm definitely ready for Grandal. I, I love the guy. I think he's a great catcher. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. I mean, I do too. I think there's no way that he swings the wet pool noodle that he did at the plate that last year. I mean, it's just absolutely insane how bad he was. I've never seen anybody. Now, the White Sox have had their history of guys that they sign and then they fall off the face of the earth. I've never seen somebody regress so quickly. Um, and it's not even like he's that old yet. You know, I know he's a catcher and catchers age quicker. Uh, but I, I really do think that Yasmani Grandal is coming back. Um, Gabe in the comments letting us know that Yasmani Grandal is not good. I, I really do think that he's going to come back and have a solid season. I'm not expecting him to be, you know, have a peak season, but 
but I'm expecting him to have a solid season. Listen, I just want him to do what he did two years ago. 20-something home runs, get on base a shit ton. Who cares about your fucking batting average? You know, like for a couple years there, he hit 230 to 240 with a 350 to 3. You know, he had a 420 on base percentage. You know, Exactly. I mean, last year, just I, I just – 202, 301 OBP, slugged 269. I mean, yeah, there's no way. There's no way he slugs under three. You can't get worse than that. And that's why I think the Sox, you know, with the Benatendi signing and some of these signings, like, I don't think they're going to get worse. And if they do, then it's like, wow, something really bad happened. Yes. Well, thank you again for routing me in a direction that I wanted to go again, Carrie. You were on point. I wanted to ask your thoughts on the Andrew Benatendi signing. Um, I think I've made my thoughts pretty clear already, but I am going to express those again in a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts first, though. Yeah, you know, at first I'm like, okay, typical White Sox move, getting a guy for just cheaper than $100 million, you know, you know, whatever. It's going to be just another fucking White Sox move. But then you look deeper into the numbers, man. I mean, want to go glove. I know people don't care about that. But it still matters. He, he his arm isn't that well. You know, it's not a good arm. But he knows how to actually play the outfield and play it well. Like if you want to go glove, you you can run routes well. You can you know when the balls hit, you know where to go right away. You're not Andrew Vaughn and 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 Eloy Jimenez out there, right? So um, gets on base a ton. Doesn't really strike out. Um, you know, um, has a good average, whatever. OPS plus of one twenty. I mean. The guy's had a good, solid career. He's going to hit 15 to 20 home runs. I think last year was, you know, a fluke year with home runs with him, with a yeah. lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're going to change the balls again, probably, because people did not like that nobody was hitting home runs. So, you know, and, and no shift with the lefty. I mean, how could you be mad about the signing? It's a good sign. Exactly. And it's not the sexiest signing in the world. Okay. Let's be real. The White Sox are not playing, at least when Jerry Reinsdorf is the owner and Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn are running the front office, the White Sox are not going to land the big fish. We we are now officially, like we can just own up to it at this point. It's not going to happen. So quit asking, right? They were never in, they weren't even in talks this year for any of these big fish. For or even Brandon Nimmo, if you want to consider him a big fish, right? I mean, if they would have landed Brandon Nimmo, I, I would have been over the moon about it. But this is by when I said this was a very White Sox signing, it's a very White Sox signing in the fact that there it's it's got a little bit of a risk factor to it because Andrew Benintendi isn't what he was hyped up to be three, four years ago. Okay. When Boston well, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, he, he didn't, when he came off of that world series, people were like, okay, he could be the next big thing. Right. He, I mean, they weren't saying, you know, people weren't saying Mike Trout level, but they're saying, okay, this guy could be a regular all-star. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he hasn't performed to those levels yet. And the wrist injury is, uh, you know, something to take in, into mind and into consideration here, um, with Benny. That being said, we're adding a guy who had an OPS plus last year of 120 in a down power year. Okay. What you brought up in regard to the strikeouts is even more exciting for Mm -hmm. me because what I didn't want the White Sox to do 
And now, mind you, if they would have signed Joey Gallo, I still think this team would have been better. However, comma, I think Andrew Benintendi is a better signing for this team because now Gallo is a good defender, but Benintendi is still a solid defender who doesn't strike out a ton. The last thing that this team needs is More another track. guy that's going to strike out 200 times a year. And I think Gallo is more of a risk than Ben Attendee. And if you're going to talk about risk, you know, and Jordan to go along with that, I just looked up guys that have had that surgery. Jose Ramirez didn't lose his power. He came back just fine. Stanton was just fine. I mean, I get what you're saying, but there's been a lot of players that have come back from that injury with no issues at all. So absolutely. Absolutely. You know, knock on wood, you know, that he's going to be strong, but go ahead. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I was just saying, I think Ben Attendee's less of a risk than Gallo is. Gallo's the type of guy that could hit 150 with the White Sox and, you know, maybe only hit 10 home runs and have another Adam Dunn season, you know, like, and strike out 300 times, you know. I think there's less risk with Ben Attendee. But it's like, okay, if you're going to go with the less risk, why not go in the upper echelon of the market? But like we said, White Sox move. But, uh, yeah. You, you, if you're a White Sox fan, like just be happy about it because exactly like just they they did something it wasn't a bad move when you are a white Sox fan you have to just roll with the punches and when you get something like this you're like okay fine exactly exactly right here in the comment section thank you to those of you that are joining us live uh comment section is always a great place and we very much enjoy those of you that join us for these episodes live jordan miller here telling us good thing he's 28 Five years is a good contract. Absolutely. I mean, look at the market for these top tier free agents this year, right? And yes, it's going to cost you top dollar. And yes, it's most likely, especially when the guy is 30 or younger, it's going to, it's going to be a shit ton of years. However, thinking about he's 28 and you've got him for five years, not 28 and you've got him for nine years. Okay. Or I mean, think about the Xander Bogarts contract. Think about the Carlos Correa contract. Think about the Trey Turner contract. These guys are locked up to their age 40, 41, 39. You know, you're talking about guys that are going to be playing well past their prime in these contracts. Okay. And as a team, the White Sox are not a team that's going to be playing at the top of the market. This is an excellent signing. And I'm very, very happy about it. Um, now, I got to ask you this question, Kerry. Would you rather have the White Sox have an offseason like they've had so far? They sign Andrew Benintendi and they sign Mike Clevenger. Or would you rather see them have, and it's kind of a similar offseason in a sense, going, but a little bit different on the contracts. Would you rather him do what they did now? Or would you rather him them do what the Cubs did? So do not get me wrong. I am not saying what the Cubs did was a bad move. It just felt very Carlos Boozer to me, what the Cubs did with Dansby Swanson, right? They didn't get the superstar in Correa, and they didn't get the no, they didn't get the superstar in Trey. They didn't get the superstar in, in Correa. There was one more, right? Wasn't there one more? I mean, you've got no. Aaron Judge, you've got Xander Bogarts, you've well, got okay, sorry, it was Xander. Okay. Yeah. Turk Turner wasn't in the options. It was, you know, remember with the Bulls, it was like LeBron and it was like Bosch, right? And then it was Carl like Carlos Boozer. That's who they got. You know, the guy that's had some success, you know, kind of like 
good at some things, but not great. That's what the Dansby one felt like. But I would rather be the I'd rather be the Cubs. They they spent on a on a better player. I mean, they've spent more money than than the White Sox. I mean, I, I think he's. I got guess you more can't upside. debate that, right? He's got more upside to be a star than Ben Attendee does. Okay, take away Swanson. Would you rather them have signed Jamison Tyone and Cody Bellinger, or would you them rather have signed Andrew Benintendi and Mike Clevenger? Oh, so you're taking Dansby out of the equation. I would say I would rather sign probably Benintendi and Clevenger than, Be- than Bellinger and uh, Tyone for sure. Yeah, I agree. upside with... Clevenger than there is upside with Tyon, but I think Bellinger could, you know, what if he does um, get back to MVP form, you know? Right, right. Now, mind you, we haven't seen any sort of Cody Bellinger reaching MVP level since he hurt himself celebrating in game seven of the NLCS in the pandemic year. Um, So it's been two full years of boo-boo out of Cody Bellinger. So I honestly, especially with the way the White Sox roster construction is, they cannot afford to sign a guy that's going to strike out a shit ton, maybe gives you a bunch of bombs, but maybe doesn't, and doesn't get on base at a significant clip. I mean, this is the exact guy, kind of guy, that the White Sox need in their lineup. So yes, it's not Brandon Nimmo, which would have been my dream, but I would have been super pumped if, or I am super pumped that they got Andrew Benintendi. Um, the, the comment section is great. Thank you so much to everybody that's here. I Gabe, love that Gabe is in the comments. Yes. Maybe Gabe, we'll maybe get you on here one day. Trust me. We'll, we'll work it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope that there's no hatred for me because I am not the one that has reported Gabe's accounts. Um, that would definitely be, Sammy Davis Jr. 5,000. Um, so let's, I want to ask you a question, Carrie. With the Andrew Benintendi signing, obviously he's not going to play right field. White Sox fans have talked ad nauseum that we need a right fielder, right? I got and, him. Do you really think Andrew Benintendi? Oh, so, but Andrew Benintendi's playing left, correct? Yes. Yes. Who's playing right, Carrie? Mr. Mr. Coca-Cola, Oscar Colas himself. So he will be, I don't know if it's opening day, but he'll be playing right field for at least 100 and, I mean, I don't know what that threshold is, but what, 120 games or something like that? Is it the first month or something like that for service time? Because, you know, the White Sox are going to manipulate you know, the shit out of that. that. Even though they shouldn't in a competitive year. But, I mean, they've shown that they haven't done that before. I mean, if they sign him to a contract, but why spend the fucking money? So um, he's definitely going to be the right fielder. So they're actually going to have a good defensive outfield for the first time in I don't know when. Yeah. I don't I know if Oscar Colas is fantastic defensively. Well, they like, say he's good. Like the scouting reports that he's got a cannon for an arm. I mean, he's got a great arm, but he's not fast. Like he's not going to be, you know, I mean, luckily he's got Luis to kind of, you know, exactly. went healthy to cover some ground for him. Not Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. Seriously though. So and it's I, not Eloy. I mean, you have to be happier as long, you know, the 
stay healthy thing, obviously, but healthier, this healthy lineup this year versus healthy lineup last year. You've got to be happier with this year's lineup construction already, right? Yeah, besides second base, I'd say absolutely. I I, I honestly think they should have re-signed Josh Harrison. So Absolutely. Well, you know what? Josh Harrison would have been an interesting signing. And I, I like him back. I mean, he would have he would have been a good addition to this team. The thing is, I I gotta say this. If they were gonna bring Josh Harrison back, I just hate the idea of relying on Josh Harrison to be an everyday starter on a team that's going to push to win a division, right? He did excellent last year in a patch-up job. However, you're relying on Josh Harrison, who's for, I mean, for the last four years of his career has been, you know, a bench guy to come in and be a regular everyday starter at second basement at second base and produce solid defensively. But I worry about the offensive production, which leads me to this. Should they, as Jordan Miller here in the comments is, is saying here, do you like the idea of the White Sox acquiring an outfielder right now? Or because here's the thing, we're White Sox fans here and you know, it's the holiday spirit, you know, it's the holiday season. It's the spirit of giving and, and, and all that. Right. But let's be real. We're working on a budget here. We're not playing at the top of the market and we're not going to get all of our, our wants and needs. Do you like the idea of them going out and getting another outfielder? Or do you like the idea of them going out and getting a second baseman as you had previously mentioned? Both. I mean, they should realistically be doing both. Um, I think there's less outfield depth in the organization than there is infield depth. So I would probably rather have an Adam Duvall who hit 35 home runs, you know, a couple of years ago. Right. I mean, and he's a decent outfielder, I believe. So what if Oscar Colas just stinks it up because he's only really been in the minors for a year? I'd rather have an Adam Duvall, a Tommy fam, than playing right in right field than Oscar Colas. Um, and then you can always go get a second baseman, <clears throat> you know, during the trade deadline, like a Brandon Drury, Drury type, you know, who won't, you know, cost as much, you know, during that time. So I'm okay if you roll with Romy, who looked okay, and, and Sosa. So, you know, I'd rather do that. Yeah. So, so you're going, you're going with the outfielder over the second baseman. Yeah, I am just because of depth because of organizational depth. And, And I think that's what sucks about being a white Sox fan and looking at this team. Right. I, I think if you're any other team in a major market, your GM, your front office, your owner goes out there and they say, okay, we still have a need at corner outfield, particularly right field for depth. Because depth is important. Guys get injured. Oh, that's, yeah. Look at how many times it happens. Right. And you have a need at second base. Because, uh, first off, the Larry Garcia signing, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. It's terrible. You just cut your losses at this point. I don't want to get worked up. Cut your your freaking losses like you did with Dallas Keuchel, with Larry Garcia. Unless he gets traded, like that one fucker said. (laughs) With the <laughs> some oh, somebody's uh packaging Larry Garcia. Yeah, some stupid rumor. Larry Garcia and Joe Kelly and for Eduardo S. It, it the trade makes no sense. James McCann involved. Shut up. It, uh, no, a hundred percent. I I uh 
no, I and I did not applaud the Larry Garcia signing by any means. I have been pissed about this since day one. That is the most expensive homer in White Sox history, oh, game three absolutely. of the ALDS. <laughs> I would rather have Nick Madrigal back, Kerry. Shut up. <laughs> I know how much you love him. So that guy stinks. That guy stinks. So you would rather have the patch up job at second base. Now what, you know, the rumor mill, speaking of rumor mills, right? There've been, oh, there's been a lot going around in the White Sox Twitter rumor mills so much so that NBC sports White Sox is already starting to pick up on it and write articles on it uh, because they're just an absolutely terrible account. I just have to be real. Um, it, this is the same account that, you know, toast posted the Carlton meme. You're waiting for the rest of the division oh. to show up. Um, uh, the biggest rumor mill thing that's been passed around here is the Liam Hendricks idea, right? You're trading Liam Hendricks for a, a piece, particularly a second base piece. It's been floated out there on White Sox Twitter that Liam Hendricks could be part of a Glaber Torres trade. Liam Hendricks could be part of a Jeff McNeil trade. Tell me your thoughts, Gary. Do you want to hang on to Liam Hendricks at this point or are you trading it's not going to happen. He's not going to get traded. I just don't see it. I really do not see him being traded. They have a lock. They have a lockdown closer at it for a premium position at a, at a, actually at a bargain price right now. Um, if you think about it, I, I just don't see him being traded. Um, why would the Mets trade for him when they have Edwin Diaz and just spent a shit ton of money on Adam Adovino today? Right? Like why, why are they trading? for him. I, I mean, they have a surplus of players, um, but I don't think it's going to take a Liam Hendricks to get a, you know, an, an Eduardo Escobar, right. Or somebody like that. So I just don't see it happening. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I don't hate the idea, especially if you're going to get somebody that's already under control for multiple years, like Glaber Torres. Okay. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was a top five prospect in baseball, a guy that has proven that he can hit the ball, a guy that is proven, you know, he's not a great shortstop, but he can play second base and, and give you a solid glove there. Um, something that the White Sox actually have had uh, since our, that they had last year. Um, and is a question mark this year, at least in regard to the glove. I, I, I will say this, though. It all comes down to roster construction. The mm -hmm. White Sox are, like I've said already twice on this episode, they're not a team that's going to play at the top of the market. If you're not a team that's going to play at the top of the market, you can't afford to spend $14 million a year on a freaking closer. Yeah, That's where Rick Hahn went wrong. That's where all what all of this boils down to is you can't spend that money on a closer if you're not going to play at the top of the market. You can't spend that much money for a guy that's only going to see 65 innings a year. In a position you could trade for that historically you've seen teams trade for them at the deadline and work out, you know, and, and I understand why Rickon did it. He can't play in the big markets with the you know, the Machados of the world and with the Trey Turners, you know, with these $300 million guys. So he's like, okay, where can I play at the premium top of the market? Yep. I can do it with a closer. So I'm going to go get the best closer and spend a fuck ton of money on a closer because I have to make a splash yep. and 
where I can make a splash is that type of position. Closer right? and catcher. Closer yeah, because and catcher. Because they aren't as much money you know, as and, some of these other guys. And there's a reason why they're not as much money. Because they play out of the nine positions, normal starters in those positions, everyday starters, uh-huh. those two positions play the yeah. least amount of innings. Exactly. Like Do the Kyle. fucking math. Exactly. Those guys are playing every fucking day, right? Exactly. I mean, even starters, they don't pay the premium talent. You know, it's just... It's just right. Un- unless you yeah, are an ace, right? Yeah. So... But- and I get it. You know, you don't want to do the closer by committee thing. No. But that's what Kendall Graveman's for as well. I know this is kind of a crazy take. And and we saw two Kendall Gravemans last year. We saw the Kendall Graveman that was absolutely amazing throughout the first half-ish of the year. And then the second half of the year was, oh, Lord, cross your fingers that we get out of this game. Kendall Graveman's on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, I and yes, he's not Liam Hendricks level. I'm never going to tell you that Kendall Graveman is Liam Hendricks or will be as good as Liam Hendricks throughout an entire year or through a multi-year stretch. However, it's a position that you can also trade for later. If you need to go sure up your bullpen later, it's a lot easier to trade, especially with the, the lack of prospects that the White Sox have. It's easier to trade the lack of prospects that the White Sox have for a relief pitcher versus a second baseman or a corner outfielder. And I like what Jim says right here, right? You could throw a crochet in there. He's dominant enough to do it. You could throw Aaron Bummer. You could throw Ronaldo. I like people that say Ronaldo because he doesn't give up on runs and he's kind of found something. That's, so, that's, that's a Herb Lawrence take right there. He's always been saying Ronaldo Lopez for closer. Yeah, and you know what? He had a good year last year, right? But excellent. Liam Hendricks is the best at his position, so I just don't see the Sox trading him unless a deal is like so good where you're like, you're gonna give us Jeff McNeil and you know a prospect or something like that for him. Like, fine, fuck it, you know, do it. But I just don't see that deal coming unless the team's really desperate. So yeah. So Unless it's the Dodgers and they're like, we'll you, give you a good outfielder and Michael White or something like that, or no, whatever his name is, that second base, Michael Bush, and uh, and like you do that maybe, but I don't know. So you wouldn't straight up do Liam Hendricks for Jeff McNeil? No. Tell me why not. I I, I think with two years of Liam Hendricks, you can get a lot more than just a Jeff McNeil. Okay, Jeff Jeff McNeil on a mid-tier prospect? I mean... Maybe? But why... I don't know. I just... I'd rather get somebody younger with more control. I mean, I don't know how much control Jeff McNeil has. I mean, you got this year and two more years of Jeff McNeil. I'm doing it in a heartbeat. He's not... He's not an under... Or this year and one more year. Pardon me. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2025. I'm trading two years for Jeff McNeil for two years of Liam Hendricks in a damn heartbeat. And I know that Liam is a premium closer. He is arguably the best closer in the game. But you this team it. needs this team needs more left-handed bats. I know. This team needs depth you in the field. What teams have gotten, especially at the trade deadline, for closers, especially that have a year and a half of control, right? You've seen the packages they've gotten back, right? Look at fucking Glaber Torres was traded for a role as Chapman. You know, I mean... I don't know. 
I like Jeff McNeil, but I like potential other players better that could, you know, bolster the team up in a year or two. I mean, I don't fucking know. I don't know. That's the position the Sox are in. You know, I'm like, okay, fine. You're going to trade for Jeff McNeil. Then you need a closer, you know, and then you're like, okay, what do we do now? Ken, so Ken, Kendall Graveman or Raywell. You figure it out during the year, too. I mean, that's the thing. Bullpen is so volatile. The bullpen. In, in bullpen in Major League Baseball usually is extremely volatile, and it's great when you can get a guy like Liam Hendricks, a guy that you can absolutely count on to shut it down, right? I'll be honest with you, though. I don't think the Mets are interested in trading Jeff McNeil for Liam would- Hendricks. They just signed Edwin Diaz. And they yeah. have Adam Adovino now, and yeah, I'm... other players, and David Robertson too. Like, what what are they going to use Liam Hendricks for? Just doesn't make sense. Good. No, for sure, for sure. And and I think uh, yeah, bullpens be fickle, as our guy Billy Wire says here in the comments. Yeah. And that's why you don't spend top dollar unless you're playing at the top of the market all the time for that position. I mean, I might even do it for Glaber Torres to be honest with you, because it's I think Glaber Torres is this year and two more years of control. Um, I think that'd be an excellent addition for the White Sox, but Gary, we're coming up on the half hour mark. Um, this was fun. I have one last question for you though, because we were talking about Oscar. It's eight days. It's eight days, Steve. That's your answer. Eight, eight days. Hanukkah's eight days. I know you're wondering. Oh, festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we get eight crazy nights. Stupid. Still, like my favorite holiday song of all time. Well, it's the the Adam Sandler Hanukkah song. Oh, yeah, Um, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, so well done. OJ Simpson, not a genius. Facts, yeah. Um, yes, Carrie was a little late, so maybe, maybe we can go a little over. Let's do that. I told people we were going to do Oscar Colas predictions. What are your predictions for Oscar Colas in, in a number of categories? And and first off, I, I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm going to start from the top here with games played. You know, games started better yet. Games started. How many games will Oscar Colas start in a White Sox uniform? One. I'm going to say 125. 125 this year. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised with that number at all. They are so they're they're high on him. Very high on him, and there are a lot of projections. I don't, I don't, I, I get it, you know. But I also am scared that he's only played one year in the minors, and he was a twenty-four-year-old, twenty-five-year-old against, you know, shit players. So who knows? For sure, for sure. I mean, it's a little risky, for sure. I, it's the the projections like Steamer, um, like I, it's wild to me. Zips, they all these, you know, analytic. I don't even know how to best describe them. This is why we need Alex Rudon to help me describe, you know, these projection systems. They've got him at like weighted runs created plus between like 125 and 150 for the year, which already as as a rookie, which I think is insane. Um, But that would be amazing. Um, Oscar Colas home (laughs) home runs this year. Um. 17 17 homers would you be disappointed with that with 125 starts no i don't think so i think that's it depends how it happens i'll say that that's fair i'll take that i'll take that ops plus one one 
108, 109. I like that, 108. Yeah, like around there, 108 to 110. Time spent on the aisle. <laughs> He's going on for at least, let's say, we'll say one, one time. One, one like 10, 15 one, day stint? One, 10 to 15 day stint. Fair. Maybe a paternity list. Who knows? <laughs> Love that. And Oscar Colas, dong. How big? I'll leave, I'll leave that up for interpretation. This is why you need to join us live because yeah. Carrie's giving us a visual. Let's see, like here, probably. Yeah, Durf- maybe a little bit. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Last question yeah. from a new fan in the comment section. This is actually a supporter of, um, you know, the OG podcast of mine, Sons of Honarchy. Rick Carsley, honest question. You put these two in a kiss off. You and me. With old school rules, who wins? I don't what even know what a kiss off rule? is. That's and a great old school rules, though. Yeah, I uh, I'd be curious to know what old school rules are as well. All I know um, is I would win because I would just kick, kiss the top of Steve's bald head and win. That's that, fair. I would, it's, win. I would win. It's, yeah. it's yeah. there. One little it's there for yeah. there for the taking. You can't do anything about it. Carrie, this was a blast. Big as always, <laughs> the uh, the comment section. Solid as always. Thank you to Sally G. Thank you to Beer Garden Jim, Jordan Miller. Gabe popped in for a little while. Yeah. Uh, new Jordan face. That's new face here with Rick Carsley, uh, Sean Janko. Um, fantastic. The Angels just signed Brandon Drury to a two-year, seventeen million dollar deal. Sox couldn't do that. What's Gene Segura worth? Probably two years, twenty million at that point. Just fucking just do it. Go and do it. Exactly. Do it. Oh God, that would be a splash. I'd be like, let's fucking ride. I'm Honestly, t- tickets back. You know. Someone asked me where I would rate the White Sox off season right now. Uh, I'd give it about like a five right now. Um, if they signed Gene Segura and added one more piece, whether it be the outfield, whether it be pitching, I would give it an eight or a nine. Easy. If if they come away with Gene Segura and Adam Duvall or Tommy Pham, I will literally, like, I'll go to the first game and I'll go shirtless the entire game. I'll be happy. So there Don't you go. Anybody, but yes. Come on, Rick Hahn, make it happen. We want to see Kerry shirtless opening day. I'll show some titty. So there you go. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you all. This is the Believe in the Southside podcast. Have a good one. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.